everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. As we wrap up this series on church, we're going to be looking at Alexander the Great, Pharisees and Sadducees, and Ginger Duggar Volo. My dad sent me my first article that I saw this week about Ginger Volo's new book that's come out. And he said, hey, I think you'd like this. And sure enough, she's walking away from IBLP, Bill Gothard, her parents, the things that they believed, all this kind of stuff, and really just kind of making up her own mind about things and really just her own belief system and stuff like that. So I've been kind of intrigued because if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know the Duggars and I were part of the same cult. And even though Ginger is a little bit hesitant to call it a cult, I'm going to call it a cult because there are people who write books about cults that have also called it a cult. Don Vinoy, author of A Matter of Basic Principles, went ahead and called this a cult. So we'll say cult. Anyway, Ginger and I are um, part of the same cult. And I got out of this cult about 20 years ago. And so it's super intriguing for me to see that she is stepping away. So I've been listening to different interviews by her. I've been looking at different articles written about her in this book. And it's so intriguing to me because she reminds me so much of myself many years ago. She is 29. She's been married for about six years to her husband. And I remember being 29. At 29, I was about seven years out of the cult. And if you had known me then, you probably wouldn't have been able to tell that I had been in a cult per se. I was still pretty homeschooled. But there were things that were still affecting me. And it would be in the next decade that I would really deal with things. It would be in the next decade that I would really start to question my beliefs and my faith as I watched just a real church situation unfold that was just as hard and hurtful as things that had happened within the cult. And it would make me really just start to question and second guess a lot of it. And so as I read Ginger's articles and I listen to interviews by her, like she's really passionate about helping people to disentangle their faith. She still believes very firmly in God and wants a relationship with him. And she just wants to be able to push aside the lies and go ahead and still accept faith. And she's still, I mean, I would say probably pretty conservative in her beliefs. The pastors that she's involved with out in California are pretty conservative. And so I wouldn't call her completely deconstructed, but she's definitely on the way, which is very exciting to me. But it's super interesting to see the response from people online to her. Like there are so many people who are quite upset that she has not deconstructed the place that they have deconstructed. They want her to completely get rid of Christianity or at least conservative evangelical Christianity. And they keep saying things like, well, when she really finally really realizes the truth and that kind of stuff. And it just reminds me so much of myself and my own story. And I remember when I first started even writing, my attitude was really kind of like, I survived a cult and I still love Jesus. So what's wrong with you guys? And it wasn't until I had gone through my own brokenness and just really seeing a church fall apart and hurt me in a really severe way that made me really stop and reevaluate my beliefs, my attitude. It humbled me. It broke me. And it was at that place that I really began to deconstruct a lot of what I believed. And yet, as you guys know, I still hold to these creeds of the faith. I'm still 
a historical Orthodox Christian. So how does this happen and what does it look like? And, you know, Ginger's probably going to keep deconstructing. She's probably going to keep rethinking things over the next 10 years. Things are going to happen to her. She may go through some really dark seasons of doubt and discouragement and just lose some faith for a while. And I believe, I hope that she can go ahead and maintain her faith in God because I do think that he is real and I do think that he is worth just knowing and following and having a relationship with, obviously, hence the name of this podcast, (laughs) Looking for the Real God. But I do think that it's really important as I look at this season of church that we're in right now within this deconstruction and hopefully reconstruction movement of people who have just walked away from the faith, who have become very progressive in their ideas, and also people who are just staunchly against deconstruction and who are just condemning all those who deconstruct or rethink their faith or anything. It's just a very interesting season to be a part of within church. And so that's kind of where I want to go today. But before we go there, I want to just give you some background as far as just the Bible and Jesus and the things that we believe and where we get those things from. So I'm doing this super interesting Bible study right now with my church. It's not really with my church because I can't go to the morning one. So there's a couple other ladies and I who are kind of doing it on our own and then meeting occasionally to talk about it. But it's called Jesus and Women. And it is basically a reminder of what the Middle Eastern culture looks like and what Jesus did as a Middle Eastern man that was just really radical and different than the culture around him and how he just restored women to the place where they were intended to be in that they are the image of God as well as men. So it's just a super interesting study. But the thing that's just really struck me right now is just the difference between the Western viewpoint and the Middle Eastern viewpoint. And I really want to just hit on this right now because as we get into this whole deconstruction, reconstruction argument, we are missing a huge chunk of what the Bible actually means and what it's trying to tell us because we don't understand the perspective with which it was written or it was intended to be read. Because we have this very Western mindset. Guys, we are a Western nation. We have this Western view of things. And it doesn't make it wrong. It's just different than the Middle Eastern view and the way they would have written and the way they would have read or heard the Bible. And so I think it's really, really important before we even get into this whole like deconstruction, reconstruction, deconversion, whatever argument that we get into to really just understand and recognize things that we're missing about who God is and about who Jesus is and about what the beliefs are in the Christian faith. So I want to just kind of take you back in time a little bit and back to the nation of Israel. One of the things that's just stuck out to me in this Bible is just the vast difference between the cultures. And they talked about in the West, we are a horizontal culture. We mostly think in terms of guilt and innocence. When it comes to justice and righteousness, we're thinking about guilt and innocence. Is this person guilty? Are they innocent? We also think about justice as equity. Is this the same? Is it equal? Are people being treated equally? And there's a very horizontal way of viewing things. We think a lot about ourselves. We approach the Bible in a way of like, what is this knowledge that I can gain from here? 
what I'm reading in a way to find rules and principles and things to follow for me so that I will change my life or that I can get the things that I want. We are definitely looking at it in a like, what can I learn about me kind of a fashion. That's our Western mind. We're looking for knowledge. We're looking for information. We're looking for details. And guys, here's the part that just gets me so much because it said that we as Westerners tend to want to understand things before we believe them. I want to understand all there is to understand about this and I'll make up my mind whether I will believe it or not. Okay, so just basically think backwards, Middle Eastern culture. Middle Eastern people are the ones who wrote the Bible. The story is about Middle Eastern people. Jesus was a Middle Eastern man. And so for us to look at the Bible, I said this before, but with our Western lens and decide that 2,000 years or more from the time that it was written, that we can look at it, a translation of it in English, and make a literal judgment call based on our own understanding as 21st century people, like it's just very prideful of us. It's very arrogant for us to think that we can do that and make these judgment calls. So here it is, Middle Eastern culture. Middle Eastern culture is vertical. It's all about shame and honor. And you either have honor or you don't. And there's not this guilt and innocence thing. It's just this shame and honor. And so justice within the Middle Eastern culture is for somebody who has honor to reach down to somebody who is shamed and pull them back up and restore their honor. A person who is in shame or a shamed person cannot restore their own honor. Their honor can only be restored by somebody who has honor, pulling them up and restoring them. Now, I don't know if that gives you goosebumps or not, but when I think about salvation from that Middle Eastern perspective, blown, mind blown. We are so quick to think of it as guilt and innocence in the Western mind, that God was innocent, he was perfect, we were guilty, and he made us no longer guilty kind of a thing. But when you look at it through a lens of shame and honor, it's beautiful. Guys, we were stuck in shame. We were hopelessly lost in our shame. And God was the only one with all the honor who had the power and the might to reach down to us in the middle of our shame and restore our honor thanks to Jesus Christ coming, living, dying for us and rising again. That's crazy. So when you look at the Bible through a lens of shame and honor, when you look at the Bible through a Middle Eastern lens, they often are saying things like this. What does the story teach me about God? Not about me, but about God. And they see it as story and narrative. Instead of these details that we're trying to find, this knowledge, it's a story and it's a narrative. And they're asking the question, why would God do that? What does this teach me about God? Isn't that fascinating? Middle Eastern people will believe something and then seek to understand it after they've believed it. I love this. Guys, it's so, so different. So as I look at this Bible study, we've been doing a little background on the culture of Jesus. So about 200 years or so before Jesus was born, Alexander the Great had come through and conquered the area. And he spread this Hellenism, this idea of just man being the supreme thing and whatever feels good, do it. Whatever you want, do it. Just very much people are in charge and can do whatever they want. There's no right or wrong. It's just all about what feels good to you. 
the lady in the Bible study said, think about Vegas, which is exactly kind of where we are. And I look at our world right now. I'm like, wow, that seems real familiar. I know all about this. And in that place of just complete self-absorption and you can do whatever makes you happy, the Jews are pushing back against this. They were like, this is not right. This is not the way God has wanted things to be. And so you had this rise up of the Pharisees and a rise up of the Sadducees, these people who had these laws and these rules. And they were like, okay, we're going to follow these rules. And they even made more rules to make the rules make more sense. And so there was just very much a religious attitude. And at the same time, there was oppression of women, just oppression of women, thanks to this guy named Ben Sira. And so he was just a prominent kind of theologian within the synagogues, and his ideas about women were just horrible. And so here we are, and I just find it just so fascinating, guys, because it's just a cycle. Because here we are once again. We have Pharisees who were very progressive in their religious ideas. They loved not only the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, but all the oral tradition that went with it. They had hundreds and thousands of rules and oral tradition. However, they were pretty socially conservative. They were not excited about the Romans, and they had not really bought into any of the Hellenistic ideas. Then you had the Sadducees, and they were pretty religiously conservative. They only believed in things that were specifically laid out in the first five books of the Old Testament. And so they didn't believe in things like um, spirits. They didn't believe in things like the resurrection from the dead. They didn't believe in anything like that. However, politically, they were quite progressive. They were very much in tune with the Romans, what was happening, and they weren't necessarily just sticking to Jewish ideas about things. They kind of gone along with the Hellenistic ideas. And so I think it's so interesting. Here's Jesus coming into the middle of all of this, and he was not anything like these people expected the Messiah to be. He rejected their human laws, their human ideas, and he was somebody who was so different and so unique. And he broke the social norms and he reached down and restored the honor of people who were just stuck in shame. And I love that. And if you get my Substack, then you will know that I've talked about this there too. Just the idea of Jesus coming in and just reaching out to people who otherwise would have had no possible way to be restored to honor. Like they were just stuck in shame. And the way he just rejected these human ideas of what God was supposed to be, these religious ideas of how we were going to please God. He was God. And he was like, this is not working, guys. This is not how it's supposed to be. And guys, when I look at our world right now, I see this. I see people who are like, yes, you need to abandon all these crazy beliefs. Just do our own thing. We got this. We can make up our own ideas about who God is. And whatever feels right, we'll do it. And whatever sounds right, we'll believe that. And we just kind of can make up our own beliefs. But then you also have people who are just stuck in these human traditions. And they're just stuck in the things that, you know, this is how we've always done things. This is how the right thing is. These are traditions that we believe. And they're not willing to deconstruct. They're not willing to second guess and question some of the things that we've added to scripture along the way. They're not willing to wonder and ponder about what these things might have meant or look into the history and the culture and just the mindset and the perspective and the worldview of the writers of the Bible. I long for us to come to a place where we are in this middle way. I said this before, this middle way of grace and truth, the way of Jesus, where we do reject our man-made ideas, whether they are progressive or whether they are conservative. And we seek to know who Jesus is. 
We seek to know who God is and who Jesus revealed himself to be. And we seek to just find a way to get to know him, to accurately read scripture, to accurately just follow him and to believe truth about him, to believe truth about ourselves, not based on our own understanding, but based on the creeds of the faith, based on the things that believers in Jesus Christ have chosen to believe for the last 2,000 years. And so as we look at this whole church thing, and we kind of finish this series, my hope is that those of us who are questioning and doubting and seeking will find the real Jesus. And it is my hope that as we speak that truth into the lives of those around us, that they will also become hungry and wanting to seek and to find as well. I long for the church to be restored from the inside out. I said this before, I don't want to abandon church. I don't want to abandon the idea of gathering together with believers. And yet there are some things that really and truly need to be abandoned. And as I said last week, places that need to be abandoned where we just get out. No, 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 no. I long for us to be able to find little mini churches with like-minded people who are also trying to know and seek and find Jesus. And so these are my prayers. And I pray that somehow this podcast will also just be able to encourage you and help you to find and seek and know God for yourself, not based on your own feelings or the things that you want to be true or not to be true, but based on an understanding of scripture that is historical and accurate and based on the very real person of Jesus Christ, who we don't get to decide who he is. He is who he is, and we get to discover him and learn more about him and be in awe of him and be in awe of him because he is truly amazing. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect, with a community of people who are looking for the real God.